If you didn't grab a sheet of paper yet, wow, you guys are just ready to roll. I love it. Nope, still don't have them yet. All right, if we can gather us together here for Bible study. Yes. If you find that you're at a table by yourself or just, you know, one or two of you, uh, I encourage you uh, to combine up for a bit um, if there's space. I mean, we, we certainly are trying to preserve the, uh, the groups that, that sit at the same table that you've been at previously kinds of things, but we also understand that there's rhythms to the weeks and such. So uh, I encourage you to, to make a good choice as to how that would work because we do have discussion portions uh, for this study today. Uh, Pastor Brian uh, is over teaching some confirmation students this morning, and he'll be in there for the next few weeks, so you get me. <laughs> Yes. Totally. Was it not coming through very well? Like not not at all. Did I move it some? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. The sermon will be online. I guess I don't know what else to tell you. We're gonna record it again at the second service. So hopefully my mic will be a little closer. Yeah. All right, so for this morning, welcome to Bible class. I'm Pastor Adam, and uh, Pastor Brian will be continuing in confirmation over there. Hopefully, you can grab your sheet of paper on the way in. Uh, If you find that the people from your table are rolling in here in the last few minutes and you want to pull extra chairs over and make that happen, uh, do that. You will need a Bible today if you don't have one of those already. We've got some up here, even a couple that are uh, larger print, so if you like that, uh, we've got it. Um, So let me start with a prayer this morning and then we'll dig into our study. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you for another day. Lord, thank you for, for a chance to take a deep breath. Thank you for an opportunity to talk about the things that you lead us to do. Lord, many of us have been followers of Jesus for a long time. And the words that you've told us are not new to our ears, but trying to put them into practice in new ways, that's hard. So Lord, we pray that you give us courage, that you give us an openness to your word and to your leading, that you guide us by your spirits to maybe even be pioneers within our friend groups or our households or our marriages to step toward the things that you say that give life and life to the full. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So to start up today, uh, I would love for you to talk at your table about how silence and solitude time went 
this past week. You were challenged at the end of uh, Bible class last week to take some time, whether that be two minutes here and there, or maybe 10 minutes a couple times, and uh, talk about how that went. Now, potentially, your answer is, I didn't do any of it, but that is actually something worth talking about as well, because I heard this thing, and I thought it was a good idea, but there were some things that got in the way of that. So talk about those things. What were the hurdles that, that got in the way of it? So let me just give you about a three, four minutes at your table to talk about the, the, how your silence and solitude time went this week, trying to be externally uh, silent uh, for a moment and trying to deal with that internal uh, silence and the buzz that comes along with that. So three, four minutes, go for it. All right, Ooh, there we go. There, my microphone's working. <laughs> I know you are mid-discussion, but I assure you there'll be more times to talk and we're going to be kind of circling our way back to the same kinds of things. So uh, if there's a conversation that, that needs to be continued, uh, please do that. And again, uh, this is, these are the moments where uh, we're hopeful that you continue to stay at the tables. Uh, that's your ad. I, I felt a bit vulnerable. I don't, I'm going to put this on a podcast now, but whatever. Um, the, we were talking about like, how do you get silence and solitude time? And I said, one of the ways that I'm going to do that is I'm not going to bring the phone with me to the bathroom. Because <laughs> part of me is like, I know I'm not the only one that does that. But then as soon as I let that come out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, maybe I am. Or I don't know. Do I really want to say this? <laughs> But for real, like uh, we were talking about, like, do, you, do you need a trigger to be able to take some time to be silent and unproductive? Like, do I really need those three minutes of productivity? Or what about the time in the car? Like, can I, can I leverage that and be silent there? Because it's hard. What, what did you guys talk about? What, what went well this week? Did, did, just by raise of hands, who took some time to be silent for a little bit? For even a little bit? Yeah, let's give a round of applause. Yes. Praise the Lord Jesus. Who, who wanted to? I don't care what you did or not. You just wanted to. That sounded like a good idea. Okay. Who had no idea this was homework that we were supposed to do? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what were the hurdles at your table? What did, what did you hear? I mean, whether you did some of it or whether you didn't, what were the hurdles to some silence and solitude time? Yes, Pat. Like Karen said last week, turning my brain off. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to sit in my chair. Yeah. But to shut that off, to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. That time of peace and quiet. It's tough sometimes. It's a, a lot of the time, for me at least. <laughs> yeah, it's, t- it's tough to have that that uh, internal silence come. Because as soon as, like, we can deal with external silence, we figure out a way to make that happen or a space that I'm going to sit in, but to get that internal silence, because the list or the, the worries or the, the fears or the, yeah. What else? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Get away from a clock for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody got a solution for her? Like, what, any ideas? I feel I, I, one of the things I love about being together is that sometimes others can help us problem solve. Like, hey, have you tried this? What about? I, I hear conversation happening. Do you guys have ideas? Yeah, what? 
oh, so then I, can, then I can put that somewhere else and know that if the alarm hasn't gone off yet, I'm okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I could, I could set an alarm and it's gonna beep at me when it's time. I don't have to keep watching the clock. That seems like a win. Yeah, I like it. I like it. What else? Hurdles. Larry. Larry, what do you got? Falling asleep. Yes. Heard that at our table too. I'm sorry, we got a little extra uh, little business going on here. We'll put this out here. Maybe this will make a difference. If I can figure out how to get it on my belt. All the details. Here we go. You guys just watch. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't even remember what you said. <laughs> sleep, falling asleep, yes. Silence leads to sleep. Yeah, anybody else for whom that's real? If, I, if I'm silent, I sit still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, we'll, we'll keep uh, circling these things. I, I want you to, uh, so we, last week we talked a lot about external silence. And actually, I heard feedback this morning. We're like, hey, we found some ways to get some external silence or some new ideas about how to get there. But internal silence is the hurdle. And that's actually the things that we get to spend our time in today. So uh, let's look at those first or those next two questions um, on your sheet. Uh, what would make internal silence difficult uh, for you to pursue? Because John Mark uh, described that internal silence as being able to quiet the thoughts, worries, and questions that are rolling around in our minds. But silence can be difficult to find. I, I see you guys flipping things. Uh, uh, this is at the bottom of page one. The very last paragraph there, bottom of page one. You can read along with me. So we, we made it all the way up through those other ones. Um, yep, bottom, bottom of page one. So he was describing that... Uh, all right, if you could wait to do the discussion yet. So hold on. Thank you for your eagerness. Uh, he described that silence can be difficult to find when our hearts and our minds feel troubled. Even in short prayers, it can be difficult to remain focused on God without thinking about errands that we need to run and emails that we need our attention or whatever other things. There's also all the what-ifs in life uh, that can cause anxiety or restlessness, and these all contribute to our lack of internal silence. So I'd love for you to talk about those two questions. What would make internal silence difficult for you to pursue, which is on the bottom of page one, and then at the top of page two, the next question, Historically, how has worry had an impact on your ability to rest? What kind of questions or regrets do you ruminate over regularly? Let's uh, give you, man, let's go like six minutes on this one. There's, there's a lot to cover here. So six minutes here. Take your time. All right. 10 more seconds, wrap up the conversation where you're at or push the pause button on it. 
All right. So we've had a chance to process through things of internal noise, uh, voices, uh, both the, the worry that uh, maybe impacts your ability to rest, or the kind of questions that you ruminate over. Uh, anybody got something from their table that they, they'd like to share? Like, what is, what is it that makes it difficult for you to pursue this internal silence? Yeah, Karen. Yeah. Is it possible to think about nothing? That's a great question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so make sure, I want to make sure everybody hears this question. So if this idea that we're talking about internal silence, is internal silence like my mind is completely blank? Is that what we're aiming for? Or is it something else? Is it, you had suggested, like, is it like I'm supposed to be thinking about God or his promises or something like that? What, what are we aiming for? Uh, and I asked this very question to Pastor Brian this week because I was wrestling with this as well. I'm like what, you, like, what am I supposed to be doing in this time and trying to be, you know, productive, that kind of stuff? And uh, he clarified for me, and it makes sense. Uh, the, the goal of it is not some sort of, like, Buddhist or Zen, I know I'm not getting the right religion right, but there, there is uh, some of those Eastern religions for which the emptying is the goal, that I, I think about nothing, and eventually I get to that spot of kind of mm, nothingness. Uh, that's not the goal. Rather, the goal is that I am so resting in the promises of Jesus that push up against my worries, that push up against my anxieties. I've so spent time in the, the what is and begun to think about what could be uh, with God's promises as the ones that guide me in the, the fears or the worries or the anxieties that are, that what will be becomes peace and rest in those promises. And so if I had to describe, and this is probably worth writing down in the margins on your sheet of paper, uh, internal silence that we're aiming for is the peace that comes from resting in God's promises. Internal silence is being at peace because you're so resting in God's promises. I still see pens worrying, so I want to give you a chance to make your notes. So, that potentially could get to a place where all of the, I, I'm thinking of it sort of like in cartoons, like the, 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 the bubbles that, that come up. Uh, and so I, I've got the, I'm worrying about this bubble. I've got the, I'm wondering about this bubble. I don't have much more time left to do this bubble. I've got this thing on my to-do list bubble. Oh, I have lots of bubbles out here. Now what do I do? Which one do I start with? Uh, bubble. Um, that at some point, those get popped 
by a promise of, of a God who's with me in this, a God who's strong enough to deal with that, a God who's gonna help me deal with tomorrow when it comes and allow me to be present in just the things of today and the, the promise of a daily bread that does provide for today and a promise that each day has enough worries of its own and let, let he who holds the future hold the future. You don't have to hold it all now. And I could see that maybe just for a brief moment, maybe for a longer one, that for a glimpse, I, I could have uh, the peace that comes, that he, okay, he's got that one in his hands. He's taking care of this thing. I really do trust that promise about this thing that I'm fearful of. And I begin to feel peace even just for that worry or that anxiety or this wondering or this future thing. And so there becomes this at least, maybe not complete uh, silence, but there at least isn't the whir from the din of that worry. And, and over time, as I continue to explore what is, and I've put these worries before him before, and I, and I find that that same worry is coming up again. Anybody worry about the same things? You kind of worry about this, like, not time and again, like, oh, we're back to that one. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I've, I've already worn this track down. This one's easy to walk down. I'm going to walk on this worry for a while. Yeah, and, and because I've already spent time on that worry, and I've wondered about what could be in the promises of God, and he's made this promise about what will be, should I trust in those promises? It's a little quicker to hop off this well-worn path of worry and onto the path uh, of resting in his promises. So like, I, I got an answer for that one already. Lord, help me remind it again. Anybody write stuff down uh, when you when like, write down your worries or anxieties? Can I encourage you to do that? Like, super helpful, uh, only to get it, uh, for one, just to be able to name it. Some of you guys are laughing at me. <laughs> are you laughing that you should write down your worries? Yeah, I, uh, okay, Here, here's why. If you put words to them, at least for me, this is my experience, maybe it's not for you, but just the process of moving from ideas that swirl around in my head to words on a sheet of paper that I actually have to name what this is. This is what I'm worried about. That already gives it less power because I can just name it. And that, that you don't even have to, that's not even a Christian thing. That's like, you talk to psychologists and that kind of stuff. You go to a counselor. They're going to help you do these things. It's one of those beautiful places where the, the promises of God are coming out in, in places that are completely not Christian, but nonetheless relying on those same promises. That, I mean, a God who call, says, call on me. Tell me your things. Cast your cares on me. How do you cast them without talking about them? And yet, popular psychology and counselors are regularly standing on those promises, though they don't say it that way. But nonetheless, we're going to name these things because just in the process of naming them, there's already some gift that comes there. I'll add to that. Once I name it, sometimes, and this is where having more space than just a little sheet of paper, I can write like, here's the thing. Well, but actually, no, let me peel back the onion three more layers. It's not actually that. It's, it's actually this. Like... I'm, 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 uh, I'm angry about this, this interaction with my child this morning. Okay, so that, that's the initial uh, top thing. But, but why does that really bother me? Uh, because I'm fearful about how that relationship's going. Why does that bother me? Because I'm wondering about how this relationship's going to happen when she's out of the house. I wonder how I'm doing as a parent. 
does my value come there? It doesn't. But that's what it is. What could be? A God who says, your value is not in what you do. Your value is, it's not in how you think of yourself. Your value is in, when I look at you, I see my son, and he's successful, and I delight in him and everything. Can you see your value there too? A path I've walked before, and I'm sure I'll walk again. And so when I find myself on that path, I know what could be. It doesn't make it easy to walk. It doesn't mean I'm not going to wander down that road again, clearly. But what, what will be in time Increasingly resting in the promise that my value is not found in my own success, but in a father who says, my son was successful, and I delight in him, and I'm proud of him. And so, Adam, I'm proud of you, because when I look at you, I see my son. So... Do I think you should write down your anxieties? Yeah. I think you should name them because I think you have an opportunity to see what's behind them, see the, the, the layers of uh, thought that goes behind it. In fact, if I can encourage you, I'm gonna write something else up on the board here. There, I find wisdom in uh, writing down the, how do I wanna write this? Oh, it's on the next page here. Ah, here we go. Uh, one, what are my worries? Kind of what, what is the internal stuff that's coming up? Uh, number two, what's the story that I tell myself about those worries? Number three, what is true? If you want some journal prompts to run on, these are worthwhile. What's, what's on my brain? Like, yeah, maybe in those moments, it's not quiet at all. Leverage it. Write it down. What's there? Put it all on paper, dump it out, just putting it into words or figuring out what it actually is. That, that's huge already. But then if I can figure out what story I'm telling myself about it, that's me going like, oh, does my value come in here? I'm worried about the future. The future's not really in my hands. Uh, can I, uh, then I've got all kinds of promises that I can come to and go like, well, I'm, I'm worried about all these things that I can't control yet. So what is true? I don't control the future. What is true? Uh, it's in his hands. What's true? God cares about my children more than I do. 
God is able to care for my children better than I can. Those are true. So what are the lies then that I believe? And that I think these are worth writing down too. I believe that uh, a hard future is going to be unmanageable. I believe that I don't have enough strength to be able to meet the future because I'm only thinking about it in my own capacity, or at least the way I'm feeling it in the moment, even though I know that I'm not going to do it by myself, the way I'm carrying it is as if I'm doing it myself. Which, this what is true question gets me both to the, it's kind of two parts, can I name the lies and can I hold on to the truth? Because then when I find myself on that road again, I get to work my way back to these places and be like, oh, that lie's coming up again. Adam, you're worried about the future that feels hard and unmanageable. Who holds the future? But until I slow down long enough to let those what is things come up to the top again, even if it's the same what is's that have come before, I don't take time to hold on to the promise that brings peace. I did a lot of talking. <laughs> what thoughts do you have? Feedback, comments? Does that make sense? Yeah. If the, de- if the devil's going to, I want to make sure everybody hears, if the devil's going to, the, the one thing that uh, you come back to. take away the one thing that's the most important in your life today. And how is he going to do that? He's going to have you spend all day today regretting what you did yesterday or worrying about what you're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. And if you spend all day doing that, then he's won. So the devil's going to try to take us down. By, by leading us to spend today worrying about yesterday or thinking about and worrying about tomorrow, regretting yesterday and, and worrying about tomorrow. And so I miss today, which is the one opportunity we've got to find peace and joy. I mean, you can have joy as you think about the future and peace as you think about the past for sure as well, but your most present opportunity is right here. Thank you, Karen. Let's take a look at some of the practices uh, of Jesus. Uh, I'm going to skip past the, the two questions, of, and I realize that some of you have packets that are at different pages, so I'm sorry for that. Um, you should at least be on to page two by now, I think. Um, there's, there's questions of uh, what is quality time with God typically looked like for you? Uh, how would quality time uh, affect those relationships that you have with your closest members, like a, a lot or a little? Worth uh, talking about some more, but I'm going to move past them for today. Uh, what could it look like for you to take a step toward finding solitude time with God this week? I want you to put a star next to that one. I really want to encourage you to come back to that. And maybe in the, the last uh, few minutes of class, we'll come back here again. 
But for now, I want you to open up to Mark chapter 1, verse 29. Mark chapter 1, verse 29. I'll, I'll read that for us. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases, He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place and prayed. Where he prayed? Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you our text. But uh, Jesus goes on. I'll read the next couple of verses. Uh, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. So as, as a big group here, let's talk about these next couple questions together. Why do you think that Jesus had to leave the house to find quiet time? Just raise your hand if you, if you have an idea. Why? Yep. So in order to do the healings that he had, I mean, he had been doing, so he's drained some, and he's about to do in other places, he had to spend time to get refueled and spend time with the Father to do that. Yeah. Get the power back in his body. Yes, it's, it's a weird thing to think about, that Jesus being God and man, and try to think through, like, he, he gets tired. He gets worn out, uh, and he's, he's uh, given up some of his... Uh, he doesn't use his full capacity as God all the time because God would never get tired. He doesn't get tired. He's glad to hear our worries and hold up our, our fears all the time. There's, there's nothing. But Jesus, uh, as a man walking on earth, limited himself from those things and, and was tired. Yeah, Aaron. In my house, leaving the house by myself mm-hmm. means no little needs or interruptions. No, Can mom. I? Sure. Like even there, there's like even in your own home, there's always a need, there's always something else that can be done. There's always a load of laundry or a bill that needs to be paid or a book to go back to the library, any number of different things, even if it's not your kids or your spouse or your parent that has a sudden need or a sudden question. And so going away immediately eliminates a certain number of distractions that can keep you from finding that quiet place. Yeah, so uh, really I hear you saying that he's, he needs that 
external silence as well and all the reminders of things that, that could invade, even if they're quiet things. They're just things that when I'm sitting in my house, I'm going to think of this thing or that thing or do one more of those. But when I'm in a different space, my mind isn't drawn to them in quite the same way. And so it, my external, not only, I guess, silence comes both in auditory kinds of things as well as like visual inputs of what's, what's coming at me um, so that I can actually be in those moments silently. Yeah. Okay. The ones at this village will, will follow. They know him. He spread, he spread his word there. So to some extent, you're wondering if it's a, uh, just a practical thing. Uh, I'm going to step out here so that I can move to the next place and they're not looking for me again in the morning uh, to get there. Okay. Yeah, potentially there's some practicality to that. Yeah. Yeah, he wants, he wants to keep moving. Clearly, he keeps moving from there. Yeah. Yes. is an example of here's, here is a practical, here's a practical way. Here's, here's yeah. what it should be. Yeah, so we see Jesus setting an example here. Maybe, maybe that's the reason. He needs to set an example for, for other people of what's needed in order to do this well. Uh, man, the, the Son of God needed or did take time to be away with the Father. Like, don't miss that. If he needed or did do that, and he invites us to do the things that he did, that certainly pushes back on the thoughts that I have uh, some mornings of, I don't have time for this. I got too many other things to do. The story that I'm telling myself is I can't get through this day as well if I take time to spend time with the Father in the morning, and I'll actually get through it better if I don't. That's hard to say once I put it all out in words. But when it just floats in my head like, no, I can't do that right now and I move on, I can just sort of run on that lie and go with it. But as soon as I say it out loud, I have to actually re write, read those words that I've written or even just saying it to you guys is enough to go like, no, I, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, Adam, do you really think you can do this day better by yourself? Or with him. It, it's, an, it's an amazing example that he's given us. Next question. Uh, what can we learn about Jesus taking time away from the demands of life? What benefits could come from uh, withdrawal and prayer in your life, especially when you feel slammed with responsibilities? We just have a couple minutes. I'm going to leave this one for now, and I think we've covered it a bit already. I mean, Jesus certainly uh, set this example for us, um, taking away uh, uh, from the demands of life. Was, was Jesus busy or not? Yeah, yeah. Yet he still took time for this. Yet there was still more things to do in the day ahead. That says something to me. 
I don't know what it says to you. What could it look like to take, what could you do with your time alone to foster your relationship with Jesus? What would it look like to build more of this time into your weekly schedule? I just want to give you two minutes on your own, silently, to write something in answer to this question. What could it take, what, what could you do with your time alone to foster your relationship with Jesus? What would it look like to build more of this time into your weekly schedule? Just take a minute to write about that on your own. You can wrap up what you're saying, what you're writing there. And then I want you to open to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. Let me just introduce this a bit. Uh, Overworking uh, can be a sign of internal unrest. How we'll pay a bill, finish a complicated project, or impress our boss if we spend spend less time, or if we spend, or impress our boss if we spend less time working. But in the end, overworking is just a way to try to take what God controls into our hands and into our control. And to that, here are some, here's some truth that pushes back on those lies. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, th- are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's a lot of truth there. It pushes back on a lot of lies. If we're willing to slow down enough to ask what is, to admit what the lies are, Maybe it's even worth reading through that passage itself as a, as a way to diagnose some of that in ourselves. Is there, is there one of these things that I believe is true? One of these bubbles that, that he's popping uh, in the midst of that with this truth that we don't need to worry about tomorrow and each will have enough of itself, but you want to know where to start? He tells you, seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Friends, this is the the final class on this section here. There are a few more questions for you to work through. I'm going to leave them for you to do on your own. I think it's a great discussion around your table. Maybe introduce the other people in your household to these things. Uh, This would be the time now to read the silence and solitude uh, portion of John Mark's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So if you haven't done that yet, this will uh, spell out, flesh out some more of, of what's in there. I want to challenge you that uh, in, in the week ahead to use Matthew 6, 25 to 34, and Mark 1, 29 to 37 as things that you will use as part of your silence and solitude time so that increasingly peace can come through the meditating on those promises in there. Maybe it's not complete peace, but maybe it's just a little more peace that comes in the midst of of those things. So those are the challenges for the week ahead. And then next week, we'll get into all things Sabbath. Uh, So on to the next section. Let me pray for us and we'll wrap it up together. Feel free if you have a couple minutes. I mean, it's 15 minutes before church starts. I have to get down there. But maybe you want to talk at your table a little bit more about those questions that we didn't cover yet. Feel free to use that space for this as well. Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, thank you for the day. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to just say what is, to dream about what could be. And Lord, we pray that you give us courage to step into what you want to be. Lord, we thank you that you hold the future. Lord, that you are powerful over the past, that you care for us in the present. So Lord, help us to increasingly find the peace that you give today. In Jesus' name. Amen.